Hello everyone and welcome to Sagab. This is your host, Badr Amin, author of the book, Happy Life, Summarized Guide and Habits to Self-Development. In this podcast, we aim to find common habits of people in different industries, such as but not limited to sports, investing and business. By identifying their mental and practical habits, routines and recommendations for you as a listener to be able to integrate it to your own life. Thus, the podcast will hopefully help you identify what are the common essentials that contribute significantly and maximize their performance, regardless of the industry. The podcast is divided into two parts, where the guests will talk about the mental practices, self-talk, and who is successful to them, whereas the other part is more into the practical habits and routines integrated into their daily life and the recommendations for the listener. So, please enjoy and take notes. Our guest is Lama Masri, VP of Partnership and Strategy of Podio, and she is acting CEO of Podio, the Arab world's largest podcast platform that enables you to create, listen, and advertise on podcasts all in one place. Lama was also a founder of the Young Coders that catered software development academy catered for children. You can find Lama on LinkedIn, Lama Nopel, which is L-A-M-A-N-O-W-P-E-L, and Podio at GetPodio on Instagram. I would like to thank Lama for being part of this podcast and without further ado, let's dive in. Lama, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be in this conversation and um, thank you for giving us the platform. You're most welcome. And I think I should be thanking you as well because you guys have the Arab world's largest podcast platform. (laughs) And here I am producing it in a different way. Although this is in English, but we cater it to the Arab listeners or the Arab audience, right? Before starting, or let's say... Why did you join Podio? I know Podio has raised around recently. Congratulations on Thank that. You. Thank you. And it is tech-based or tech-driven, correct? So among all of these tech-driven businesses, why Podio? So for me, it starts from my background. I studied media communications as a master's. Mm-hmm. And I even went on and did a software development um, a degree. And with that... It was media and tech both in one place. Mm. And then beyond my expertise, the fact of partnerships and strategy and putting all these hats together, for me, what convinced me about Podio is, is Stefano Felleha, our CEO. Mm. At only 23, you know, university dropout, a mind of his own. I'm so inspired. And it's, it's rare for me to say that because I've really traveled the world, met some leading CEOs mm. everywhere you could call that. But he really inspired me. And for me, I see him as a our local Steve Jobs in the Middle East. Mm. The way he manages people, inspires the people, motivates us, um, sets the right KPIs, his organizational skills. You put him in a room and he can, you know, talk to whatever level of, of you know, personnel in the company and it's still him being real. Mm. Um, that is is rare in 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 the Middle East. So it's that kind of belonging to a company that has real values and drives impact in our community. And when I say impact, this is what we drive and focus on in Podio. We want to democratize the creation ability of podcasts. Mm. We want to give our Arabs, ourselves, that mic back. Okay, and why should, let's say, content creators or even 
whoever is a content creator is not even a content creator. I don't call myself a content creator, so I'm not sure. Mm. <laughs> Why would they create a podcast? Why should people invest in podcasts? Mm -hmm. So if you were a content creator, let's say you are a, um, let's say you are a brand. Okay. okay. Let's start with brands. Mm. A brand usually have their marketing strategy on, let's say, TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook, on, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. These are the traditional platforms that they've been using so far. Mm. Now, what we've seen internationally and the, the beautiful conversion of any podcast listener, when he listens to a brand podcast, the, it's such a higher conversion versus just a swiping or skipping ads on Instagram. We're talking about some somewhere around 80% conversion mm. of the listeners to actually convert into a buying, right? Or a purchased or a brand awareness mm. kind of campaign. So it's a lot more personal. You're getting really into the details with the client. You're pitching about new, let's say, new doctors coming in next week, coming in in a month, book your appointment, talk to him prior to him coming in, a bit of story about him. So it's this kind of approach that is so much more personal. And one thing that I truly love and what we focus on is audio. And the reason for audio is that it breaks stereotypes. I think we are bombarded with a lot of content, of video content from, our, from you know, whatever platform, social media you're consuming. I know that at the end of the day, you are overly bombarded. I think your eyes are tired. They mm. really are. So one exit is you close your eyes and you truly listen to how, right now, to how Lama looks like probably. You envision, mm. right? Similar how you read books. You envision this character. You, you figure out how he, he dresses or his hair or whatnot. You, you figure out even to the detail of his color of his eyes. And, and sometimes you get disappointed when you watch the movie of this book sequel. So kind of that same relation when it comes to podcasting is any voice can come into, let's say, your heart and to the listener without dealing with barriers of, okay, this person, let's say, looks in a certain way or comes from that certain culture. And maybe this listener would not accept certain direction or content direction from that person because without them knowing unconsciously they could have this bias. You never know. Mm. Because we're really, we all have this bias, whether we are taking information from someone older, you know, or someone younger, you know, and we think, okay, he's too young to be a doctor. What does he know, right? So, but if it's a voice, how does somebody know? I hope I sound old enough. <laughs> <laughs> you too, you too. <laughs> all right. And so let's deviate a bit. Lama, who is successful to you and why? You, you spoke about Stefano and some of the values that you really value. Mm -hmm. If you would want to instill these successful traits to yourself, for example, whom would you try and emulate? As a, Or a character to emulate, a, a trait, I mean. It doesn't have to be a person, of but course. a trait that you would say, I need to have this. Or maybe you would write it down and say, okay, if I need to become a person with this trait, mm -hmm. I need to be one, two, and three. The only, the thing that I have a hard time with that is that we, I personally believe we put so much stress on ourselves mm. that we need to be perfect, mm. that we need to strive to the best abilities of ourselves. I take life a bit differently. I 
I approach my day by saying I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I start with, you know, gratitude. Gratitude. Alhamdulillah. I'm mm. alive. I'm here. I have, I'm blessed. I have two legs. I have two hands. I have a beating heart. Okay, one eye works. The other one is blind. <laughs> but I, I, I can actually, is it? it is. I'm blind with my left eye. Oh, okay. And Sorry for that. <laughs> no, it's fine. It was, uh, it was later on in, in my life. And it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm, I'm here. Right? So, and I try to be the best that I can. And what does that mean for Lama? That means, is she in a place where she's happy and making time for herself, for her family, for her loved ones, and making time for whatever company or, let's say, mission that she's part of? All right. Let me just add on that for mm-hmm. a bit. How would you divide your time per day? I know whether you're starting a business or you're part of a business, sometimes these, let's say, sectors mm-hmm. overlap so true right and they overlap maybe for a very long period of time at some point big time however is there let's say a time or a thing that you would do that would help you reduce the overlapping you said let's say a specific company and then you need to spend time with yourself or even spend time or give your actual time to family and friends mm-hmm. and etc so is there any way that would help you achieve that so I'm very I'm very true to what I believe in mm. and hence why I mean it's been 10 years since I worked for a company okay. uh, I've been I've had my few businesses and the way I take life is you know the time for work is a time for work a time for my son I'm a, I'm a mother to a nine-year-old mm-hmm. is a time for an, for him and then I can go back to work and then there's times for my friends or you know or my partner so I'm very a strict with being selfish with those times because as a mother I know that my son needs me mm. and I so I disconnect from work I'm fully there with him and how then how do you do that did, did I you disconnect I mean like uh, I don't take calls I, I block those times because mm. from let's say from 3 to 6 p.m. I'm with my son and would you be like mentally immersed with him as well 100%. or not or, and not thinking of let's say of a problem or of a opportunity for for work during that other period a hundred percent I am my phone is in the bag I am fully with him people that work with me are aware and it's I think in our society in the entire world not even this society there's this stigma of a mother that is working where she feels that she can't be proud of it I think it's one of the most beautiful gifts that us as human beings can do which is to bear a child And it's so important that companies worldwide value that and give you that flexibility. Hence why my mission was matched and values was matched with Stefanos and his co-founders that built this company. It's about remote work and flexible times. They know that I'm giving my 100% and and they're very aware that when I stop, I'm disconnected, but then I come back. So after he sleeps, I'm back. I'm full board. I'm still meeting my deadlines and still meeting my targets. So it's this trust where you have. So I really wish this entire realm of when it comes to be a mother in society and a working mother can change because our kids need us. They, they really, really need us. And we are, we're investing in their minds, their soul, their personality, their empathy. If you're putting them with someone who is other than you, whoever that may be. I know in the, here in the Middle East, we have help at home or we have maybe grandparents who take care of them. But should you choose to wear to have a child, at least personally for me, 
I can work for the rest of my life, but it's not every day I'm a mother. I think it is a very good thing when you're resting. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I think there's this paradox that sometimes, even when you're resting, but then you're thinking of work, mm-hmm. that's where the great idea comes in. You know, there's this thing that's called, let's say, hyper-focus. Mm-hmm. Instead of actually keep working on a desk or a, on the actual work, you're just doing something else, totally else, and then that idea strikes you. So it's kind of this paradox, you know, and I don't know, it just happens. <laughs> you get inspiration from anywhere. Yeah. And, and again, the way I believe work should always be is you should work not on a time frame, but really when you're most efficient. You, we have some team members that really are most efficient from midnight to 4 a.m. Hmm. That's when they're online and they're they're cracking and they're pushing the code and they're pulling the code on GitHub and it's getting, you know, verified and, and that's fine. It's it's really not a, you know, time job. Even with our job description, you know, our contracts do not have a, you know, time. Hmm. Like this is the time. So this is at least how I like to belong. And and in, and prior to joining Podio, and that is always how I operated, giving people value and trust. I will trust you that you can deliver. If you feel you can't, I'm never like, I can't believe you didn't deliver your, your deadline. I would immediately approach it. All right, what happened? Trust me that you can talk to me, please. If you feel you're not going to make this deadline, let me know so I can get someone to help you, to support you. Or if you can't make it, let's learn from it what happened. So it's this because we have this culture maybe of fear of failure, you know, and it's instructed ever since we're children with our educational system. When you fail, when you get that F, unbelievable disappointment, the world is shutting down. Whereas as entrepreneurs, I mean, I've failed. I've had businesses where I've had to change completely the business plan, where it's had to shut down due to economic barriers, where it's okay, Lama. It was such a beautiful experience. And I get to grow from that. And I get to learn from that. And take that idea right now. Like we're mentioning the young coders. Now I'm taking some of the young coders concept and curriculum and putting it into schools with Podio. Mm-hmm. So it's it was it made sense why I learned in that way, took that path, and then was able to develop it better with an, another purpose. Mm-hmm. You mentioned challenges or let's say fears of failure. And probably, although we could say I feel then it's okay. But at the moment, it's not easy to say that, oh, I'm failing on something or wear the failure shirt, right? It could be like there's that embarrassment or the pride kicks in that I cannot fail in this. And maybe people will perceive that, oh, okay, he didn't do it or she didn't do it, whatever it is. So, and maybe answer this, when such a thing happen while you're in that moment, what can you do or what would you do to, let's say, pick yourself up or maybe wear that failure shirt and make it your strength and learn from it. By And that's what I mean, at least. I could relate to that in several moments, right, Great. in my life where I've been through personal failures mm. and I've been through uh, business failures and or maybe socioeconomic failures where it's got me to a place where I was not expecting at all. And all those moments, you definitely go down. And I remember reflecting a lot on it Remember when I was looking for work after I left Lebanon, I was looking for work in the UAE. And I kept on feeling, oh, what's going on? I mean, I'm doing everything that should be doing. I'm going to a company, knocking on the door and saying, guys, try me. I will work for free for a month and show me how I'm going to give you results. And still they were not so responsive about, they were so scared. And I would look back to myself and say, 
what's going on, Lama? So you'd feel a bit lower. I'm not saying I did not feel that. But that moment was like, but Lama, you, you know what you bring to the table. You know your attributes. You know how committed you are. You know that any company would die to have you as an asset with you because that's what you are. When you bring in, you bring in 100%. You bring in your connections. You bring in your presence. You bring in your leadership. So that confidence got kicked back on its own, but it had to go through a low. It's how we humans, I cannot always be that positive. It's, it's okay, but it's very important to believe in yourself and to re-convince yourself that, Lama, you don't need a title. So now if you could introduce me as Lama, you know, Lama is Lama, who's unemployed, I will still present myself as this is me. Whereas I've had my moments where if I did not have a title, right, if I was not CEO, if I did not own this, you know, if I have this NGO there, I do not feel maybe that kind of, whether you want to call it pride, or maybe me believing yourself that I have a place on the table. Mm. But I have, I have been in different locations where Lama, you know, Lama Masri was enough, you know? Mm. She, she was enough. She was enough to just be her and, and be seen and be valued. Okay. Let's say when these happen, right? Or maybe two advices to yourself. Mm-hmm. Do you have an advice you would remind yourself with every now and then? Or is there an advice that you would really like start um, leaning on, mm. per se, whenever, let's say, things go sideways? So I know that we ourselves cannot do things 100% on our own. Okay. I've been in moments where I was, I felt like I was the only person on this earth and I had nobody next to me. Mm. And that was very, very difficult. But then I realized the importance of that close network, whether call it a friend, a partner, a mother, a father, a child, whoever is, will bring you that inner happiness without you really you know, having to ask for it. And we're lucky, at least here in the Middle East, we are surrounded by this support system. It's so beautiful, you know, having parents, hopefully, that are still around you, you know, reach out to them. They will hear you. They will stand next to you. For me, I get my strength from my son. You know, I've been through very difficult times when all I had to do is look at my son. And I will never forget, my son was two years old when he wiped a tear from my eye. He said, Mama, anahone, which means, Mom, I'm right here. And I couldn't believe that a two-year-old had to then act up like a, like a man in my mm. life, right? And remind me as if an angel was sent within him and was saying, Mom, you got this. I'm right here. Mm. So this awoken a beast inside of me like a falcon and I just could not stop. So I've tried to maintain that strength always. You know, I'm good, Mom. I'm healthy. I'm next to you. I will be the best that I can for you. Mm. And really, he's my driver. And so my recommendation is for people to find, you know, that driver and who could that be? You know, some people could be that they're driving that force for their, because they're, they're trying to prove it for their father or for their mother because they see that they're, this certain community, right, believes in them so much. So that's their drive. I think I'll go back to our purposes. Us as people, you know, we're, we're born and thinking, all right, what is my purpose here? Why am I here? Mm. You know, what am I really good at? I mean, I if you look at my CV, unbelievable. I have done everything. Mm. I've gone from media to tech um, to NGO work to then 
football academy to even at one point I worked with Nike. Like, okay. you know, my, my background is I love challenges. And yeah. I found myself that if I pushed myself uh, in any organization and I reached that maximum peak, I felt like, all right, um, there's nothing left for me. I'd have to leave. So that was actually one of the first interview questions with with um, Ramzi Farah, who's the advisor, and Stefano Faleha at Podio, the CEO. And we sat down there like, honestly, Lama, I mean, we love you, but we're afraid if you get bored, you'll leave us. And I said, thank you for being that aware. And I said, as long as you challenge me, I will deliver more than 100%. And boy, are there challenges, you know, because, you know, Podio is not just solving the Middle Eastern issue. It's going and growing for North Africa to Southeast Asia. It's going to be growing for different markets. So it's a nonstop, new, exciting challenge, understanding new cultures, talking to new people. It's so, at least for me, it's been a great high in my life and um, it doesn't look like we're stopping. Good luck. Good luck. Thank you for answering the, the purpose question without me asking that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You answered this in a way before the podcast. So you said that you keep running mm. and I'm taking it out of context, right? <laughs> But then, and you said life is short. Yes. So would you attribute to these things as life is easy as well or you'd have to live life as life is challenging, even if you like challenges? I feel like we as... as beings currently in this era of our lives living here in the Middle East or in this world, we have there's a lot of challenges. Mm. And it's all about how you perceive those challenges. You can make your life very difficult and very challenged and start complaining about everything. Mm. Or you could be like, you know what? I actually have a roof on top of my head. Mm. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. My family's healthy. What, why am I complaining again? So it's this... And for me, because I've I've been through certain situations with I've had, I've been so close to death that uh, whether I've seen death happen in front of me and people losing their lives or I have almost lost my life, it were they were always these awakenings. And a lot of people can relate to that when let's say they have a friend that passes away, a close family member that passes away, and it's usually a wake up call where we say, "Am I really being true to myself? Am I happy? Is this what I want in life?" And it's always that internal talk that we have with ourselves. Mm. And so for me, I've had that early on at age 15. So I've been, like I said earlier, I've been running and running. And, 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 and the reason why I felt life is short for me. And in a way, I don't know when I'll be gone. And we all don't know. We all don't know when our time is. Cool. So hence why I've been, let's go, let's complete, let's travel, let's, let's live, let's be happy. Let's smile more. Let's talk to strangers. Everybody has a story. You know, everybody has. So when you start leaving those constraints that we've built to ourselves, where not everything's interesting and things are, you know, you complain about things, you get stuck. And that's when you invite this negative, you know, conversations that will, will be welcomed and walking in on a red carpet in your mind. But mm. when you start with that attitude of, I'm so grateful to be alive. I'm grateful to be healthy. I I know my life here is limited. The impact that you will drive in this life and in this world will be so much greater. So would there be, let's say, a method that would help you be more productive to achieve 
the, the, the things that you would want to do? I'll tell you what, I will be very honest with myself. Okay. And I have times when I'm so productive mm. and I have times where I just do not feel like being productive. And that happens. And I'm, and I, and it's not something that we can all, it's hard, honestly. It's not easy because you want to always attain that perfection. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm meeting everything. I'm replying to every single email. Uh, sometimes you get bombarded and you are, let's say, closing to that burnout. And how do you get yourself out that? You actually take that break. So sometimes I reach that point where I'm no longer productive, right? Mm. And I don't rest. And I keep on saying, no, come on, I'm push more, push more. And that is so not healthy for me because my body, my mind is telling me, take a break. And so I do. I take a break. And then the second I do, I'm like, all right, here we go. There's the energy back up. Mm. So it's listening to your body. Because for me, on my own, I am productive. You know, you give me a task, I will complete it. You know, you, you send me an email, I'll try my best to reply ASAP, right? As long as I, you know, follow through all the priorities and make sure that I'm catching up with everything. But it is daunting sometimes that I do not meet every single, let's say, email or reply or task because I am overboarded, right? So I'm learning how to delegate better uh, and learning how to prioritize and work on time um, tasks, that helps. But really being honest with myself and taking a break. The other thing that we touch upon in this podcast is being productive within, or looking at productivity in terms of task-based. It seems, or like, in my opinion, people get or become more productive in certain periods according to their own uh, lifestyle, of course. And then they should probably not delegate or delegate the rest where they're not productive, that's for sure. That's one way of the of the management or prioritizing it. But looking at the times that they will be productive with respect to a task X, for example, then going or taking their day within those task-relevant bases so that they can achieve more with, let's say, with the given amount of time or more with less, right? Of course. <laughs> And you also mentioned that even in Podio, apparently, that you guys have people are working at night and probably people are working at, in the morning. So there's this thing that helps. And there's one app that I'm going to mention. There's this Slack. Of course, we, we use Slack. You use the Slack as well, which helps apparently um, team members mm. to connect to each other without them, let's say, being at the same time zone. <laughs> Correct. Even the geographic location, obviously. Yeah. Right? But the point is becoming productive at your own productive time and knowing that or addressing that with respect to the right task. And would you add to these, let's say, any environmental cues during or within the organization or even for yourself, actually? even if you're going to depart from the, from organizations to help you be more productive, is there something that would remind you? Because you said you're always on the run and sometimes being on the run could be anywhere, in any direction, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what helps you channel that run towards the goal? It's about task-based timelines. So okay. we use a software called ClickUp where we put a task, this is a deadline. You get these notifications on your phone. Okay. For me, if I'm not notified on my phone that I have a meeting, <laughs> I'm, 
I forget. <laughs> I am so, uh, I'm so, it's like my personal assistant is my phone, really. Okay. So I have everything on, you know, you book your meeting uh, with, you know, with my calendar link. And then you, you know, we sit down, we have a certain flow after you do a first call and then it's a presentation. And then it's, it's a whole direct flow that I have a clear SOP with within the organization. So for every department, every task, the cross communication between departments has an SOP. So even if I forget to do something, I'll have a team member who's on that uh, ClickUp task who will remind me, oh, FYI, there's this task. Maybe you have forgotten about it. You've overloaded. Do you need any help in it? So engaging other team members within your organization to help you be responsible for a task mm. really helps. Okay. Would there be a habit that improved your life greatly, let's say in the past couple of months or years? Honestly, when I go back to this whole running aspect, Why stability. Why don't you try and slow down? That's what happened. Mm. It's the first time I slowed down. Mm. Everybody around me is seeing my glow, every, from families to friends, and they're all telling me, Lamai, I see you really comfortable. Like, I see you earthed and grounded now. So prior, I guess I was doing so many different things and it was, my ground was wet. So I was, I was not always bringing the best out of Lama. Whereas now I felt I did not reach where I needed to reach. Whereas now I feel the base is strong. I am happy. My son's happy. My, my surrounding is healthy, right? Where I am at work is, is great. So it's this, this constant that I know in the next six months where I'm going to be. It's giving me so much, like I'm, I'm relaxed. You know, I'm, I'm obviously doing the best that I can. All right. So if, if you would like to take this in, a, in further steps, is there something that you would like others to adopt? Honestly, I'd really wish people believed in themselves more mm. and had more empathy and were more grateful. I really think that in the Middle East, people lack self-confidence. People feel like they always have to apologize And we need to stop that. You know, I've had friends who told me, I'm looking for work and I know this person is so capable. It's unbelievable. She said, yes, I have a gap of three years. You know, I was a mom. I was like, this is beautiful. What are you talking about? Like, this has to be, I mean, you created a human. You know, you, you've managed time difference. You've, you've, you've been up and, you know, and, and, and delivered and, and you were there and you work great with work-life balance. You did You did great. What are you talking about? This is an asset. The skills that you had by being a mother are an asset, not something that drives negativity. So I wish people and companies also, and all these HR people, respect the fact that people took time off and were mothers rather than look down at it. Because for me, anybody that would want to join our organization shows me that they stopped and be being a parent. I would never in my life look down at that. I would applaud that. I'd be like, that's amazing, you know, that's, that's beautiful. It's great that you were able to give that, that child some time, mm -hmm. you know, and, and be there for him. I'm sure you've learned a lot. Mm -hmm. So I wish our society could take that concept and really change it in their minds and start applauding people mm -hmm. rather than unbelievable, you chose to be a mother, kind of like degrading thing. And when someone would want to start, let's say, Lama, If I want to copy your footsteps, where should they start? 
it's a lot Maybe, of running. <laughs> Put on some good shoes, guys. It's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> Sprinting, huh? Yeah, I, I, I did. I used to be called Speedy Gonzalez in Lebanon. Oh, when interesting. I played, I played professional football there. Uh, I played for the national team, so I was very fast. So mm. I think should people want to follow, definitely be eager want, you know, be curious, you know, have this curiosity in you, mm. whether it's um, through sports or through a personal life or through a professional life, be curious that everything around you is an opportunity and everything or everybody really could lead you to something. Mm. So if you thought that this encounter when you were 16 is not going to impact you when you're in your mid thirties, well, guess what? This person might open doors without you even thinking. Mm. So just being respectful, giving people the time, uh, being there for them. I truly believe in this. And that's kind of how I go about with life. They know that anybody that calls me and asks for a favor, I will, you know, I will go out of my way and actually give a call to whoever needs to be done to get that done. And I nice. truly love doing that because you never know. So you, you might be now in a great position where you are, you are connected, but you never know when one day you are not and you will need that. And don't assume that people will return the favor. I've seen that a lot. Mm. But if you, from within you, you know that you're doing something right, creating that impact, being true to yourself, having empathy, I really believe the world will give back and get you dancing without you even wanting to dance, right? It, it will be kind to you. All right. This is the end of the podcast, Emma. Thank you for being here. Thank you. It was Honestly. a pleasure listening to you. Likewise, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. This is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more.